Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out my wife's business, Ashira Clips, through her website at lilarose.biz. That's L-I-L-L-A rose.biz slash Ashira. A-S-H-I-R-A. She sells a wide variety of different hair clips, headbands, and hairpins to fit the taste and sensibilities of a wide variety of, of women, and they also come in a wide variety of different sizes to fit different hair types and lengths. Again, you can check it out over at lilarose.biz, L-I-L-L-A rose.biz, slash Ashira. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Philo Vance. The original air date, March the 6th, 1947, and the title is The Vanilla Murder Case. Sit down, Vance. Sit down. Nice of you to drop in. Well, thank you, Markham. Well, I'm glad that being district attorney gives you the same privilege of working late that my chosen profession affords me. Haven't seen you in a week, Vance. Don't tell me that the public has taken over my favorite private investigator. Oh, I've been busy, but mostly routine cases. Then, this evening, I was driving by this way, saw the light in your office, and thought I'd take a chance that it was you up here and not a cleaning woman. <laughs> I'm glad you're not disappointed. Or are you? If the cleaning woman had a murder case for me to work on, or if you don't, I will be. <laughs> Anything unusual going on, Markham? Yes, I'm working late because a young lady phoned me and asked me to wait for her. She said it was urgent. Well, that sounds very interesting, Markham. Perhaps I... Which one of you is the district attorney, please? Please? Well, please come in. I must see Mr. Markham. I phoned him a while ago. It's a matter of life and death. Yours? Are you Mr. Markham? I'm Philo Vance. This is Mr. Markham. Oh. How do you do? Mr. Markham, my name is Mills, June Mills, and you've got to help me. Well, I'll certainly try if you'll give me a hint as to how. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I'm so upset. I've never done anything like this before. And I don't even know if you can help me. If he can't, I'd like to, Miss Mills. What's the trouble? Well, well, I know the district attorney is called in to help convict a killer after a murder takes place, but can he help prevent one? That's what I want to know. Can he? He certainly can try. Tell me what it is you're troubled about. It's my boyfriend, Johnny Blake. He works at the soda fountain down at the Kingsway Luncheonette. He's going to be killed. Who's going to kill him? Who? Yes, Miss Mills. Who? Well, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that. I don't dare tell you. Why not? Because they'll kill me, too, if I do. And you won't be able to stop them. They might kill me if they knew that I came here. Oh, I just thought of that. You've got to forget that I was here. Promise me that you will. What about your boyfriend, Johnny Blake? I, I, I'll think of something else. I'll have to. Nobody must know about this. Promise me, both of you, that you'll do nothing about it. Please, please promise me. I'm frightened. You've given us no alternative, Miss Mills. We have nothing to work on. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm sorry I came up here. When I heard about... No, no, I can't tell you. I, I mustn't. Remember, you promised that you'd forget what I said. Please forget that I was here tonight. Please. 
Well, what do you think of that, Vance? I don't know yet. That girl was terrified. Something tells me I ought to see her boyfriend, and I will, first thing in the morning. Soda? Oh, black, no whipped. There you are, sir. Thank you. What's yours, miss? Strawberry soda, no ice cream, please. And a bacon and tomato on toast. Right. BT down. Echo. BT down. Right, BT down. Uh, strawberry, right, miss? Yeah, and a bacon and tomato on toast. Well, that's coming up. I'm only vice president in charge of sodas. Ah, there you are. Your sandwich will be right up. Thank you very much, I'm sure. Yes, sir, what'll you... Oh, finish it, Johnny. You want to know what I wanted? Or do you know, kid? I know. Tony, I, I've got to talk to you. Nothing says I got to listen. Only one thing talks with me, kid. Dope. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, Dick, take the counter for me for a minute, will you? Yeah, sure, Johnny. Tony, I... I haven't got what I promised you I'd have. Oh, Johnny? Not too bad. I'll take a plate of vanilla. Oh, sure, sure, Tony. Coming up. You're not sore, Tony. There. Sore? No, I ain't sore. Only I'm disappointed in you, Johnny. Here you are. White. It's good ice cream. You uh, promised me something. You don't keep that promise. That ain't right. Uh, next Saturday, I'll have it for you, Tony. The whole $50. Johnny, let me show you how I work. You borrowed 50 bucks from me a month ago. Supposed to be for one week. Next week, you were supposed to pay me 55. I know, but I couldn't that week. Okay, so you paid me the interest. Five bucks. But the next week, and the week after, and the week after that, nothing. Now you say next week, you'll pay me the 50. Nothing doing, John. But I haven't got it, and I can't get it, Tony. Don't you understand that? I don't understand anything, except if you don't pay me, I gotta take it out on you. Nothing personal, Johnny. Just that guys like me, we don't ask for security when we lend you guys dough. If I let you get away with it, other guys will get the same idea. That's good ice cream. Look, Tony, there must be some way I can make a deal, will you? There must be something you'll take. Sure, kid. My money. You better run around tonight and get it, Sonny, or tomorrow maybe you won't even be able to walk. Good ice cream you got here, you know? Sit down on the porch for a minute, Johnny, please. I don't want to sit down, June. I brought you home. I've got to leave now. All I need is for your old man to catch me here. Good night. Johnny, wait. What is it? He did come to the store tonight, didn't he? Tony? Yeah, he came in. June, I've got to get out of here. Your father... Johnny, the rate of interest Tony charges isn't legal. You could go to the police. Forget that, and quick. That'll only mean more trouble. Hey, where did you disappear to before? Where'd you go, the cops? I went to the district attorney's office. Oh, Junie, you little fool. If you told anything to the DA, I'm cooked. Don't you realize that? You didn't go to the police. You didn't. Johnny, it was for your own good. I know you don't have the money. I knew what Tony would do. Oh. I had to go. But I didn't Gosh. tell him anything. Honest, I didn't. You little dope. Why I told you anything, I don't know. 
If a cop shows up at that store, Tony will take care of me, sure. June. June, who's that with you? It's me, Mr. Mills. Johnny Blake. Daddy only took me home. That's all, Dad. That's all. Johnny, you listen to me. I've told you to keep away from June. If she hasn't enough sense to know what kind of a guy you are, I have. Mr. Mills, you don't understand about understand? us. Understand? Dad, I... please. What are you trying to do? We don't understand, eh? Why, you understand this. That you're no good for my daughter, Johnny. You're no good to anybody. And I'm telling you now, as quietly as I can, that if I ever catch you with her again, I'll kill you. Do you understand? Yes, sir, what do you have? Oh, good morning, young man. My name is Vance. Uh, if you're selling anything, Vance, you better see the manager, Mr. Kelly. He'll be in in about a half an hour. My name is Philo Vance. No, I'm sorry, I can't do a thing. Philo Vance? The private detective? Well, I'm really a private investigator, but the difference is so subtle, we'll skip it. I'm looking for Johnny Blake. Is that you? Nope. I'm Dick Jackman. Johnny ought to be around, though, somewhere. Where's that? Well, I don't know for sure. I just came to work. He gets in before I do. Maybe he's downstairs in the basement grabbing a smoke. Or mixing some syrups or something. What's up, Mr. Vance? I don't know. That's what I came to find out. Which way is the basement? Right down the stairs at the back of the store. Say, I'm off for a couple minutes. You want me to take you down? I'd appreciate that very much. Okay, just walk along outside the counter, Mr. Vance. Meet you in the back. That's fine. Thank you again. Here we are. Right through this door. Down the stairs. Oh, I'll go first, Mr. Vance. If you will. See, we keep all kinds of stuff down here, Mr. Vance. Syrups, big refrigerators, everything. Hey, Johnny, got company. That's funny. Maybe he isn't down here. Oh, no, he's got to be. One of the boys said he saw him go down here about an hour ago. Hey, Johnny! John! Mr. Vance? I see it. Is that... Was that Johnny Blake? Sure looks like him from here, Mr. Vance. Hmm. I, I wouldn't like to go over there. I would like to look at it from up close. You won't have to, Dick. He's dead. I can tell that. I can see from the way he's crumpled up. What's that on the floor next to him? Well, that's a syrup pump. Vanilla syrup pump. We keep all of them down here in the morning where they can be scrubbed. Well, I'd say somebody hit Johnny over the head with it and killed him. Dick, who was it Johnny was afraid of? Don't ask me, Mr. Vance. I don't know. I haven't any idea who it was. No kidding. I, I wouldn't know, Mr. Vance. I wouldn't know. It might help me find whoever killed Johnny, Dick. Yeah, maybe, Mr. Vance, but... I'd say that nobody can help Johnny anymore, and... Well, I don't want to be in a spot where nobody can help me either. Dick, listen. Johnny's girlfriend, June Mills, told me part of the story... She, uh, she told you about Tony? Vaguely. I need a little more information. Well, Tony's the reason I won't talk, Mr. Vance. See, he's a pretty tough character. June probably told you that Johnny borrowed dough from Tony, didn't she? Not exactly, but she didn't have to. As a matter of fact, Dick, you don't have to do any more talking either. Markham speaking. Markham, this is Vance. Hello, Vance. 
I'm down at the Kingsway Luncheonette. You remember the girl who came to see you last night? Yes, very well. Why? I should have come down here last night, only she begged so hard I postponed it until this morning. What she was afraid of has happened. Her boyfriend, Johnny Blake, has been murdered. What? That's right. He was hit over the head with a syrup pump. A vanilla syrup pump. And his body was tossed in a corner. You'd better get Sergeant Heath and some men down here right away. Yes, I will, of course. So, Vance, it's finally happened. You found a murder and called me in. Well... I hope that's as far as precedent-breaking goes on this case, Markham. I'd like to solve this case. Incidentally, I have something to work on. You have? What's that, Vance? Johnny Blake's soda fountain partner, Dick Jackman, told me what it was that Johnny's girl was afraid of. He'd borrowed money from one of those small-time gangsters who lend money to soda clerks and barbers and small-salaried office workers who have no security. Yes, we call them Shylocks, Vance. They're usually pretty hard customers. Are they, Markham? Well, I'm going to see this one. Maybe I can soften him up a bit. Good ice cream, Vance. Sure you don't want any? Quite sure, Tony. You seem to be enjoying that quite a bit. Why not? I like it. I get ice cream sent up here to my office every day. If I like something, I enjoy it. It's very hard for me to find fault with that logic. Let's talk about Johnny Blake, though. Nothing to talk about. You told me he got murdered. Too bad he owed me dough. But I can write it off. Listen, Tony. I found Johnny in the basement, killed with a syrup pump. The basement window had been smashed and the murderer got in that way. Where have you been all morning? Me? Right here. I got six people who'll swear I was here all morning. I have no doubt about that. You admit that Johnny owed you money and couldn't pay it, don't you, Tony? That's right. Only I wouldn't knock him off for that. You see, now I'll never get my dough. That ain't good business, Vance. It might be in your line of work, Tony. You might credit it to advertising. <laughs> That's pretty cute, Vance. You mean other guys will remember that uh, maybe they should pay me what they owe me or they wind up like Johnny. Hey, that's pretty cute, Vance. I should have thought of that myself. Are you quite sure you didn't? I'm positive, but I'll remember about that, Vance. I wouldn't if I were you, Tony. Vance, haven't you got any curiosity? Or haven't you got any nerves? I assure you I have both. Why? You know those sounds you're hearing your shots? How come you don't ask about them? You'll tell me, Tony. You were just dying to tell me the minute I heard the first one. No wonder you don't eat ice cream, Vance. You don't need any. You're the coolest thing I ever ran up against. You want to know about those shots? Well, let's say you want to tell me about them. Yeah, I do. You see, Vance, those are my boys shooting off those guns. They're practicing. It's my idea. You like it? Not well enough to shout bravo. They have permits. Sure. That's my idea, too. I see. What are they shooting at? Well, right now, it's targets. Targets I set up downstairs. They practice so that if they ever get in a jam, they'll be able to shoot straight. I got the idea from the FBI. How do you like it? I like it all right, Tony. Only I have an idea that anybody that commits a crime ought to be caught. That's something I got from the FBI. This is District Attorney Markham. The vanilla murder case began when Johnny Blake, a soda dispenser, was found dead in the basement of the store where he worked. Vance and Dick Jackman, another soda clerk, discovered the body, and beside it, a syrup pump which Vance found to be marked vanilla. 
Vance has found out that Tony Amrotti, a loan shark, had threatened Johnny. I've uncovered some information that might be helpful to Vance, and I've phoned him to meet me outside the basement window. He should be along any minute now, because it's about half an hour. Vance, is that you? Yes. Well, Markham, what's going on that you couldn't tell me on the telephone? I could have told you then, I suppose, but I thought I'd like to have a private chat with you, Vance. First, though, here's the news. <laughs> you sound like a radio commentator, Markham. No analysis, Vance. That's your department. I'll stick to the fact. You can tell me what they mean. You remember the girl who came to my office last night? June Mills, of course. Well, I've talked to her. And she admits to me that her father threatened Johnny. Huh? It's not too involved. He didn't like Johnny. In fact, he threatened to kill him if he found him with his daughter again. Is that so? Definitely. Well, this little piece of information of mine gives you another suspect, Vance, right? No question about it. Where is Mr. Mills now? June and her father are at home. Sergeant Heath is keeping them there temporarily. In that case, I think I'll pay them a visit. I might as well clean up that little detail. Vance, I've given you some information, but you've been a little reluctant to part with any news. Have you made any progress at all on this case? I think so, Markham. In fact, I can tell you with every confidence that when I return from the Mills house... I'll tell you who murdered Johnny Blake. <laughs> no, stop crying, baby. There's nothing that crying will do that'll help. Let her cry if she likes, Mr. Mills. No. Surprising as it may seem to you, an expression of grief does offer a measure of consolation. Thank you, Mr. Vance. Not at all. Mr. Mills, I'm not going to do any routine questioning about your threatening Johnny Blake. That isn't important at the moment. The only thing that is important is who killed him. Well, it wasn't me. I hardly expected you to sign a full confession just because I decided not to question you, Mr. Mills. But on the other hand, saying it wasn't you doesn't absolve you either. Mr. Vance, I want to tell you now what Johnny was worried about. What I couldn't tell you last night. I don't care what happens to me now. I want you to know the truth. I think I know the truth, Miss Mills. And after this little talk I've had with you two, I think I know something even more important. I think I know the killer. Large strawberry soda, no ice cream, and a bacon and tomato on toast, please. Right. Stretch of strawberry, beach tea down. Thank you. Oh, hello there, Mr. Vance. Something I can serve you? No, thank you, Dick. Not right now. Listen, you've been very helpful to me. Would you do one more thing, please? Well, if it'll help, count me in, Vance. It will help. I want you to borrow $50 from Tony Amrotti. Uh-uh, Mr. Vance, no can do. But you said you'd help. Tony wouldn't lend me a dime. Don't believe me, ask him yourself. He's sitting right over there at the corner of the counter eating ice cream. Vanilla, of course. Match. Mm. So Tony won't lend you any money, Dick? Nope. Don't ask me why. Isn't as if he was afraid he wouldn't get it back. Tony's got his own way of collecting, you know. Yes, so I've learned. Well, thanks just the same, Dick. I think I'll have another talk with him. Good enough. See you around, Mr. Vance. Hello, Tony. Hi, Mr. Vance. Come on over and have some ice cream. I'm coming over, but not for that reason. Come on, there's a stool right here just waiting for you. Sit down. Thank you. Tony, I understand you lend money to anybody, with or without security. 
rates, right? That's a little illegal, isn't it? I mean, at the rate of interest you charge. Maybe. Only there uh, ain't no such thing as a little illegal, is there, Vance? I suppose not. Tony, inasmuch as you lend money to anybody, why won't you lend any to Dick Jackman? That soda jerk over there? He's a bad boy, Vance. He forgets to pay back. And if you start putting any pressure on him, he'll yell for the cops. And you don't like that, eh, Tony? Look, if you was in my line of work with you, that's the only risk we take in this racket. The guy don't scare, we're sunk. If you've never lent Dick any money, Tony, how do you know he's a bad risk? Information. I got information about six months ago on that guy. He owed a bookie half a C for five months and only paid him a month ago. Half a C? Half a century. Century's a hundred bucks. I know. Let me understand something. Dick paid your bookmaking friend $50 a month ago. Just a little after Johnny borrowed $50 from you. Ah, I guess that's right. Coincidence, huh? Perhaps. Perhaps not. Well, thanks, Tony. I hope you enjoyed your ice cream as much as I've enjoyed this little chat. I'm only starting on my ice cream. Only one portion so far. Hey, uh, Dick, another plate of vanilla, huh? Right. Coming up, Tony. Tony, you know where the district attorney's office is. Sure. Somebody once pointed it out to me. Why? Be there at 6 o'clock tonight. Unless you'd rather I had an escort sent to invite you down. I see what you mean. What do you want me there for, Vance? Oh, a lot of reasons. And you won't be alone. I'm going to ask Dick Jackman and June Mills and her father to be there, too. You're really going to want to come, aren't you, Tony? Am I? Why? Why? Because I'm going to name Johnny Blake's murderer. And I couldn't very well do that without you there, now could I? I'm sorry you all are being kept waiting, but Mr. Vance is due here in a moment. He stopped by to see Sergeant Heath at police headquarters to get the results of some fingerprints we were checking. Is that why our prints were taken when we came in here, Mr. Markham? That's right, Mr. Mills. Yours, your daughter's, and Dick Jackman's. We, uh, we already had Tony's, didn't we? Don't be so proud. Cops in six cities have got my prints. Maybe seven. Let me see now. Yeah, it's seven. Hey, uh, Mr. Markham, can I send down for some ice cream? No, not at the moment, Tony. Ice cream. All I hear all day is ice cream. I'd like to forget that for a while, if it's all right with everybody. Listen to him. The kid's getting nerves. Right, Miss Mills? I don't know. I, I don't know anything anymore. Good evening, all. Oh, here's Vance now. Hi, Vance. Well, I see that all our invited guests are present, Markham. Yes, they are. Thank you all for being here. In a few minutes, I promise you, three of you may leave. Now let me bring you all up to date on some details, please. Any way we could stop you? No, Tony, I think not. To begin with, when Dick Jackman and I found Johnny's body, it was lying in the corner of the basement, quite a distance from the stairs. So far, in fact, that Dick wasn't quite sure it was Johnny at first. That's right, Mr. Vance. Dick and I saw the murder weapon at the same time, the vanilla syrup pump. I didn't know what it was at first, but Dick identified it for me. That's right, too. What he didn't know, and what I didn't know then, was that there were fingerprints on that pump. Fingerprints of the murderer... All I know is they ain't mine, unless this is a trick. They aren't your prints, Tony. You see, the fingerprints on the syrup pump are Dick Jackman's. Why not? I handle that pump a lot. Isn't that reasonable? Yes, but you didn't handle it this morning. You had just come to work, remember? The pumps were downstairs in the basement to be scrubbed. 
You got your fingerprints on it when you hit your friend Johnny Blake on the head. Oh, no. You can take him, Margaret. Oh, no, he can't. Now Nobody take takes me. Nobody gets take me. I'm getting... Get... Quite a wallop you have, Tony. Yeah. Tell that to your friends, will you, Vance? Good advertising. <laughs> what a chump this Dick Jackman was. Left fingerprints. <laughs> I'm sorry to have wasted your time on this case, Vance. Inasmuch as there were fingerprints, it actually was nothing but a routine police case. That would be true, Markham, except that there were no fingerprints. What? I beg your pardon? I made up the detail of the fingerprints merely to force Dick into making a break. You see, I knew he was our murderer. You knew Dick was the murderer and there were no fingerprints. How? Just think over the facts for a moment, Markham. You'll know how I knew, too. Well, Markham, where do you want me to begin? Now that our three other suspects are out of the office and Mr. Dick Jackman is in Sergeant Heath's hands... I like my explanations slowly, Vance. Start with the motive, please. Motive? Money. You see, when Johnny Blake borrowed money from Tony, he actually borrowed it for his friend, Dick Jackman. How did you find that out? It added up. Tony told me that Dick paid a six-month-old debt shortly after Johnny borrowed money from Tony. Hmm. I'm beginning to understand. When Tony demanded money from Johnny... Johnny went to Dick and insisted that Dick pay him the $50. Dick couldn't pay it, knew he was in a spot if Johnny talked, and he had to do something desperate. He had to, and he did. Let me see now. On his way to the store the morning of the murder, he passed the basement window and saw Johnny working down there. He broke the window, jumped down, and hit Johnny with the pump Johnny had just finished cleaning. Exactly. Then he climbed out the basement window and came in the front entrance to work. I see. Well, I'm satisfied about the motive... Now tell me about the clue. The clue was there when I found the body. Only I didn't realize it at the time. Markham, Dick and I were 15 feet away from Johnny's body and the syrup pump. But Dick knew it was a vanilla syrup pump. The only way he could have known is if he'd used it to kill Johnny. Hmm, that's right. It was too far away to see the lettering on it, wasn't it? Of course, and in the maze of complicating details, I overlooked it. Temporarily, of course. When I thought back on the case... I realized what an error Dick had made right at the very beginning. I'm glad you did, Vance, because it was an error at the beginning that brought us to the end of the vanilla murder case.
Welcome back. I hate to side with a notorious criminal, but I must agree. I think vanilla ice cream is great. You know, give me those basic ice cream choices and I'll take vanilla every time. And generally, anything I'll get fancier than that has vanilla as a base. So I am totally in agreement. Now, immediately on hearing the uh, murder method, I kind of questioned it. Then I realized I needed to take off my 21st century uh, goggles. Now, if you've been into Starbucks or anywhere that uses a syrup pump, it's not a very plausible murder weapon. In fact, the bottles of syrup are probably more dangerous. There's an there's an improv game that a lot of uh, groups play called uh, Chain Murder, where an improbable murder is concocted, and then the first player has to pass on the scenario to two or three other players. And part of that involves using a weapon that would never be used in a murder. And I could imagine a syrup pump at a Starbucks being such a weapon. However, a syrup pump in the 1940s for a drugstore is made of metal. And I found one online, uh, a picture of it, and it looks very heavy. Uh, you could obviously kill someone with that. Again, not so today with us moving towards a lot of plastics and lighter sort of metals, that becomes a lot more improbable. Not impossible. Head injuries are nasty business, and hitting somebody over the head is always dangerous. It's a lot less probable. Of course, the reason that people complain raise concerns about the change in materials doesn't come down to the fact that there are now less easily available murder weapons, but rather the materials are a lot less durable. I mean, so much of this stuff that was manufactured in the 1940s and 50s is still around because it uh, was so durable it outlasted the businesses and business models that they were designed to serve. I also thought the father of the girlfriend was really mean. I mean, how bad and lacking of empathy do you have to be as a parent to have Philo Vance giving you lessons on emotional intelligence and empathy? I mean, and, and so that's a point for Philo Vance. Even though he was explaining emotions and the way humans grieved and processed things in the same way that an alien from outer space might, it was still one of the best things he's done so far in this series. All right, well, now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Kristen, Patreon supporter since January 2021, currently supporting us at the Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Well, that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please rate and review it wherever you're downloading the podcast from. Next Tuesday, we're going to begin our revisit to Mr. Chameleon. And next Thursday, we'll be back with another episode of Philo Vance. But coming up tomorrow, we have an episode of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where... One by one, the cattle became sick. Then some of the farmers grew ill and died. <laughs> Can I get you something? <laughs> Some water, please. <laughs> Have you been to see a doctor? I'm afraid a doctor can't help. <laughs>
There you are. Thank you. <laughs> Have you any idea what's wrong with you? Yes and no. My Christian religion fights it, but my life on Haiti has taught me deep respect for it. Respect for what, Mr. Sheldon? Voodoo, Mr. Dollar. Oh, I know just what you're thinking. But a doctor in Haiti has examined me and my wife and the others. He can find nothing wrong. Voodoo, Mr. Sheldon? Uh, I don't expect you to understand. It's hard for me. Perhaps there is something else. I hope you can find out. Well, I'm afraid I can't buy the voodoo theory, Mr. Sheldon. There's one thing. Immediately after my wife and I became ill, I received an offer from my farm. A very low offer from a Saint-Léger banker. I investigated and found it had been made in the interests of one Arthur Cotswold. Arthur Cotswold. Aiti's biggest planter. Extremely wealthy. Even after the sick cattle and the fires and everything? Yes. That's why I became suspicious. The other farmers <coughs> received similar offers. More water? <laughs> Perhaps I... I don't think I... <gasps> Mr. Dolly. Mr. Sheldon. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.